0: Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hope good you've had a, a good cup of coffee. Good evening. Hope dinner was nice. Good afternoon. No, it's not. It's not a good afternoon.
1: It's the episode everybody's been waiting for. A follow-up to our, one of our earlier episodes. We are going yes. to be talking about... Today is our political policy party. <laughs> <laughs> our PPP. Our PPP. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, we're doing another election update. We thought now would be a good time between uh, both the...
0: Had two debates. We had a, a presidential debate. We had a VP debate. Uh, we were going to have two more. Now we're only going to have one more. But now we've got Apparently. some time. We've got some time to talk about this. So yeah, now is a good time to reflect on uh, what's
1: happened so far and maybe what we can think about looking forward. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. We're going to try to... Look at both of our options and uh, just yeah reflect on what's going on and what's the
0: deal? <laughs> what's, what's the deal?
1: deal? <laughs> so thanks for tuning in um, and we hope that you find this helpful as we look at one of the most stressful times in recent history in America in the next month. <laughs> Woo! All right, yeah, let's do it. Boy. The McManus Movie Corner back again for the week is a excited. fun movie comedy, comedy drama, drama drama historical historical, fiction historical fiction based in real
0: real life kind of
1: Animated by Pixar. No, not <laughs> we're gonna I swear, people are probably tired of that shtick, but I think it's I, it's absolutely and amazing. one day we will do funny Nemo. But this week the <laughs> McManus Movie Corner is the movie that you may have heard of called Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> yes,
0: so this directed by Taika Watiti.
1: Yes, who directs in it. Who also stars in it as a particular character, which I will talk about in a minute. <laughs> um also, you know, so he directed the third Thor movie. If anybody's seen that, he's and also directing what we do in the, in the shadows. Yep, he's also directing a new, a new Star Wars movie. So he's yes. kind of a big up and coming director. This yep. movie was in the Oscar conversation about a year ago, and um, was
0: It so actually won the Oscar for best adapted screenplay. It did. It got
1: nominated for best picture. Did not win best picture. Yeah. Um, but it. So I remember when the trailers first came out, there was a lot of controversy. And that's what I'll just kind of dive into without
0: providing too many spoilers. Well, the I I will say I'll say so. The big controversy is that um, Taika Waititi, who is the director, also plays Adolf Hitler in this yeah. in this film. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the trailers, which I think very intentionally didn't dive into a lot of the plot, um, kind of portray it as a fun, you know, like a insensitive comedy it's a com- comedic about nazis and it's so funny and and now the the role that he plays is kind of comedic relief which yes. is a little weird yes um, but it's it's done very intentionally so without getting yeah i think too much into the plot yeah context um,
1: context is everything so while this yeah. this movie received controversy for having a comedically portrayed hitler and kind of doing a a funny, funny shtick around Nazi Germany, which mm-hmm. is not a very funny topic. Um, and a lot of the movies that have been made around this, I mean, you, there's so many movies that have been made around this particular period in history. Um, this one it has a different approach than pretty much any of them. Um
0: yeah, yeah. So so it starts. It starts this uh, this young boy uh, in Nazi Germany. His name is is Jojo Betzler, mm-hmm. right? and he's a part of the Hitler Youth. And it's very much kind of his story about uh, indoctrination into this this racist, fascist nationalism. Yeah, right. Which is why he doesn't have many friends. So his imaginary friend is the person he looks up to the most was adolf hitler because yeah. he's never thought about like this has just been his whole life yeah right he's this big hero he's this heroic person amazing person and and that's where this kind of comes into play is this yeah. this imaginary figure um, who is a representation of his assumptions about the world his his childhood assumptions mm-hmm. so in many ways this is both a a commentary on the dangers of extreme nationalism mm-hmm. and also a, a great coming-of-age story yeah. right this story about how he Throughout the course of these historical events, how this boy um, learns more about the world, learns more about these people he had these terrible assumptions about, mm-hmm. um, and starts to question and sees things less black and white, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic.
1: Yeah, so I think the, the context of the movie and the, the narrative. So in, in that way, Taika Watiti, the director, is not actually playing Hitler. He's playing a child's characterization Yes. an over-dramatization of who he thinks Hitler is and what Hitler mm-hmm. represents. Mm-hmm. So when you put it in this context, actually is really, really geniusly clever and really poignant. So it's this is one of those movies that, um, and these are usually my favorite types of movies, and I think a lot of the ones that we've done for Movie Corners so far have been along the similar vein where it will really make you, it makes you feel very emotional, very sad at some points. It makes you... I remember I watched it on a plane and oh, I, I always watch funny movies on planes and I always feel like a total uh just deviant because I'm cracking you know it's not normal for one dude to be sitting on a plane just laughing in his seat you know so <laughs> I'm watching uh the first five minutes of this movie and I'm just dying laughing in my it's before got the some plane amazing comedic um, moments but it
0: also has these really um difficult scenes right yes. there's some really unexpected yes. turns mm-hmm. um Again, I think, take it out of that idealistic, lighthearted world and and root it in the the deep and dark reality of the Second World War um, in very appropriate ways, I will say. Yeah, Yeah. which
1: I think even as we mentioned when uh, we talked about the Florida Project, similar idea of, hey, we're going to show you the innocence of childhood. We're going to give you a story through the perspective of a child's Mm -hmm. worldview, Mm -hmm. but the backdrop is a very, very dark um, backdrop. And so even one of the main characters... Is a Jewish girl that you know uh, this main character meets, and so his assumptions and his um, stereotypes and his indoctrination really he starts to have to question his own uh, pre assumption of how the world operates and and what his priorities are, and yeah. so and the, and that then ties into how his how he relates with his family, and um, so it really it hooks you in with some <laughs> just ridiculous hilarious comedy and then you actually are then thrust in this story that's very much an emotional story um that speaks a lot of really powerful truths about humanity so yeah yeah uh, do not judge this book by its cover i think if you're getting anything like it if you saw the trailer or you heard about it and you're like wait it's like a funny movie about hitler like okay yes but also not at all not not really no (laughs) not really it's not really Uh, and the political and religious aspects of this obviously you know you have Jewish people who are being ethnically discriminated against you have mm-hmm. it, it systematically sh- killed systematically yeah. murdered by a authoritarian regime and you also get to see um you know some of the perspective of those who are who stepped up to help uh, the Jews mm-hmm. that were being discriminated mm-hmm. and how that those different dynamics and how religion plays into that and obviously it's a very 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 political movie sure. <laughs> because you have a kid in <laughs> Hitler youth as the main character and Hitler is one of the ideation of Hitler is one of the mm-hmm. main characters mm-hmm. and so um, the way that it really it unapologetically thrusts you into this world but then also mm. totally, actually very sensitively portrays some of the real dark tensions in yeah. this. It's masterful. Yeah. I mean, it's really... I mean, I, I had heard before watching it, oh, this movie is funny, it's really smart, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I didn't... I guess maybe the trailers, I didn't have a bunch of expectations coming in, but I was blown away at how... Um, just
0: how impactful it was and how great the storytelling was. And, and how nuanced it's willing to be throughout as well. It doesn't lead yeah. you by the hand to a lot of the conclusions at the very yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end, it's also pretty easy to recognize what yeah. it's trying to tell you. And it's, a, it's a
1: roller coaster of emotions, I think, mm-hmm. in the best way, as I mentioned. Yeah. So giving yeah. you that kind of the innocence... Um, Contrasted with the really dark <laughs> reality of what the Holocaust was, and yeah. even some of the modern day implications of that. Yep. So,
0: yeah. So, how many um, out of ten rabbits? Oh. How many rabbits would you? I feel like you could have gone. I really could have gone really bad in some direction. really terrible I'm directions, directions. So glad you didn't. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> man, I would have to give this it's so hard i would say probably eight and a half rabbits okay it's pretty good um, pretty good maybe even nine wow uh on a Jumping good day yeah probably probably eight and a half rabbits mm-hmm. um i recommend um but also yeah the religious and political aspect of it which i think is why we talk about movies on this podcast specifically yeah. mm-hmm. it's just it's just dripping with all of these it's awesome um, yeah and it yeah. subverts so many of your expectations but also do not yeah it's uh you can't come to it expecting fully a comedy but also i was caught off guard by how funny it was oh my gosh so jojo rabbit if you've not seen it enjoy enjoy check it out it's definitely worth
0: it all right all right so we're just gonna jump right into this here we actually um When we started recording this, we didn't know that we were gonna have this opportunity, but we're really excited, we're really thrilled. Uh, We have a guest on here for you all today. Um, He's been in the public eye actually a lot more than any of our other guests have, which is really exciting. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Yes, it is me senator bernie sanders it's so nice to have you here i am senator
1: once sanders. again asking for your support
0: for this podcast right for this podcast
1: give a five-star review <laughs> and healthcare is a human right
0: you heard it here first folks breaking wow moves. thanks
1: bernie that was very short-lived wow. appearance was, he's
0: got wow he's, he's was, out of here he walked in asked he saw we were recording did that quick little thing and now he's gone
1: Maybe he'll come back later, I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah I think it, it's helpful to have a voice from beyond the political grave, so to speak, to it reflect is. on these current tumultuous times that absolutely. we're
0: living through. Absolutely, absolutely. So
1: Patrick, get us started. Let's talk about, we're just going to jump headfirst into the <laughs> election. Jump right into it. Uh, we've all been swimming oh, neck deep boy. in it for a while, but yeah, maybe this so, will be a helpful uh, look
0: well, at- I mean, we'll preface this. Uh, this has definitely been, you know, I think every presidential election has a certain level of stress associated with it, and frustration, and, and certainly partisan animosity. Um, I think we may have seen that at a higher level this time around, though, definitely, I think. <laughs> uh, both parties, both both sides, uh, the political leaders, seem very uh, rude and animated in a pretty negative way towards one another, to put it lightly. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about you know all the names that they call each other. Uh, or the things that they're tweeting or saying on stage that's not that's not what this episode is about Um, you I'm sure have more than enough access to that already and some great (laughs) memes to boot. some also yes some awesome memes but unfortunately that's not what we're not what we're diving into today Uh, we're gonna actually look at the policies Um, we're gonna look at uh, a little bit of what each person uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump have done in the past uh, as vice president and senator for uh, Vice President Biden and uh, as president for President Trump um, and then we're also going to look at the policy proposals that they have for the next four years um, because they're they're offering a few things that are very similar but a whole lot of things that are uh, in, in deep contrast to one another um, and I, I think it's important that we, not just look at what they're saying, not just look at what their supporters or opponents are saying about them, but actually look at what they believe is the best version for America before we can make an informed choice about who we think is the best leader for America. Um, so I have I have three general categories, I guess, to try and try and make it a bit more uh, clear. Here, uh, we're going to start. I think it's important we talk about uh, the pandemic. We talk about COVID. Um, so that's going to be our first category. We're going to talk about the proposed responses that both of these people have had to COVID. Um, I think this is maybe taken on a bit of a different tone in the last week or so when, when uh, it was announced that the president has tested positive and is now uh, apparently saying he's going to hold rallies again this week. Um, so so trying to analyze the ways that they've looked at COVID, uh, the... the uh, healthcare care things that they are proposing to try and deal with this pandemic and also the economic uh, solutions that they're proposing to the current downturn. Uh, so that's gonna be the first category, that's COVID response. The second category, we're gonna talk about foreign policy. This is my favorite uh, thing. One of my favorites as well. I love it. Uh, it's not that exciting for other people, uh, but it's interesting and I think it's really important to see how these two people are uh, saying that we as a country should interact with other people around the world. Um, you know, the, the way that people perceive Americans in different parts of this place, parts of this globe is, uh, is very varied, uh, but almost everyone will have an opinion about America. Um, so the ways in which uh, uh, our military, our, our diplomatic leaders are interacting, that's going to be covered yeah. in this section. Um, and then finally, this is kind of a catch-all, but we're going to be talking about domestic policy. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, their education proposals, their um, climate plans, or lack thereof, their plans for immigration, for taxes, which we might talk about in the economy in the beginning as well. Um, they both have some sort of plan for uh, repairing infrastructure, things like highways and bridges in this country. Uh, we're going to talk about religious liberties, religious protections, uh, and criminal justice. We're going to dive into that as well very briefly. Wow. Wow. So a whole lot of stuff there. So- yeah let's get
1: started with point number one COVID response so obviously we're all painfully aware we are in a uh, global pandemic and the United States has proportionately been one of the worst places for the pandemic it's been the epicenter at different points Sure. Um, other countries have handled it much better there's a few that have handled it about the same maybe a little bit worse Mm -hmm. Um, but we have definitely stood out as a place with um, more deaths yeah uh, but both numerically and per person and per capita, mm-hmm. um, than a lot of other places. And so, and also, I think as you mentioned, like, what a, I mean, what a way to illustrate how how far-reaching this pandemic is that the president caught yeah, this virus. Yeah, uh, you know,
0: the most protected, most secure person lives in the most, you know, safe building on the planet. Probably, yeah. um, has twenty-four-seven protection, um, and he's still got it. Right. And now you can certainly maybe make an argument that he wasn't taking all the precautions that people were saying he should. Um, He quite publicly was uh, criticizing his opponent, Joe Biden, for wearing a mask every time he went out in public. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, he still got it right. Whether that was his own fault or someone else's can be debated at another time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think it's it's really important to recognize that The United States has been hit by this pandemic a lot harder than a whole lot of other places. It's certainly impacted the whole world. Over a million people have died of this globally. Um, Over 200,000 Americans have died. Uh, Some estimates are saying another 200,000 could die by the end of the year, which is in just over two months, um, which is incredibly sobering. So this is something that is certainly not In the rearview mirror, this is certainly not something that we can talk about in the past tense. Uh, This is an ongoing issue, Um, and an issue that, in you know, a
1: year ago, we had no idea would even be
0: a conversation. No, not at all. And
1: yet, this is probably the most important thing uh, in this presidential
0: race, or probably the most. I mean, universally, all the polls that have been done, from you know, uh, Republican to Democratic to nonpartisan uh, groups, they've all said all the, all of these voters have said that their number one priority in this election is the pandemic right this is the most pressing issue for the highest number of americans yeah. uh, is how do we solve this pandemic how do we uh get back to work safely how do we stop so many americans um from dying from this terrible thing um yeah so that's what we're gonna start with um I'm going to start with healthcare, if that's okay with you. Which
1: is a human right. Thank you, Senator. C- oh, he he's just, back. He, he popped, popped his popped head in. back in. <laughs>
0: yeah, actually through the window right there. It was, it was kind of creepy. It's like a but. meme come to life. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to start with the, uh, the incumbent, who is President Donald Trump, um, elected in 2016, took office January of 2017. I'm sure you all remember. Yes. <laughs> um, so in 2016... Uh, Trump campaigned on repealing the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, um, which at times has been seen as incredibly unpopular, um, maybe a little bit less popular. And uh, despite that, despite you know the president campaigning on uh, repealing Obamacare, on getting rid of it, uh, it's actually been expanded in the last four years. More states have expanded Obamacare eligibility, uh, ACA eligibility. It's the same thing. Um, millions of more American, millions more Americans are uh, insured. They have health insurance under the Affordable Care Act now. Um, despite that, the President is still campaigning on, on repealing it, um, saying that it's ineffective, that it doesn't work, that it's too expensive. Um, he's actually actively in court right now, his, his administration um, trying to exclude, uh, individuals with pre-existing conditions and further restrict access to the Affordable Care Act, trying to take this transition step to, to getting rid of pieces of it rather than the whole thing. Um, he's actually, I think, passed executive orders in the last couple of years restricting it that have been struck down in various federal courts. Um, so this has been a, an ongoing process for him. Uh, he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's talked a lot about uh, replacing it with something that's cheaper and more efficient, that's better for Americans. Um, but we were we were just looking uh, on his campaign website and on some some nonpartisan sites as well. I don't think he's offered any alternatives. He wants to repeal and replace. He talks about that a lot. yeah. Um, so
1: on his campaign website, he mentions um, the site mentions it mostly focuses and this is common for an incumbent, but he's mostly focusing on the things that he has done. So sure, he mentions sure. um, several things some of them related to Affordable Care Act but a lot of them are like tax cuts and the job act that he yep. passed you know he's citing that as something which speaks to health care and there's really not this is his official website uh, there's not really not really clear plan on yeah what the what the plan is moving forward more you know the keep if, America if they manage idea. to
0: repeal the ACA what yeah. like, what do they replace it with um, yeah there's not yeah there's a lot so, of that. Yeah, I wish we could talk about that, but that doesn't really <laughs> exist right now. Um, he's also, uh, he's kind of gone back and forth a little bit on Medicare, which a lot of politicians do. Medicare is um, the longstanding um, health insurance that is provided to Americans over the age of 65, I'm pretty sure. Um, and this is this has been a, it's actually one of, interestingly, it's one of the most efficient forms of uh, healthcare in this country, even including private insurance, um, even though it's it's pretty expensive. Um, so he's he's talked about placing additional restrictions on healthcare care eligibility uh, he wants to try and add some sort of work requirements uh, maybe a, an amount of time that you work before you retired before you can be eligible for uh, for Medicare um, but this hasn't taken place yet this could be something that if he's reelected he might try and pass um, but I think that would also depend on what the Congress would look like at the time
1: uh, one of the things that he mentioned on his website and he also mentioned in uh, the debate mm-hmm is uh, he's worked to create or the FDA has approved under his administration has approved more generic drug usage so they're trying to get drug prices down I think the actual data on that is pretty incremental but under the administration uh, prescription drug prices sure. have gone down somewhat so there's kind of these little pieces that he mentions and talks about or that are on his website um, sure. but not not this kind of big picture all-inclusive plan like yeah like other candidates well
0: and soon. it's uh, specifically about drug prices it's it's uh, his administration is in a bit of a tough situation because they they're talking about lowering drug prices for americans and, and that's a very popular opinion nationally is to have lower drug prices yeah. um but the administration is also very adamant that they're not going to be imposing, uh, you know, these harsh regulations yeah. on drug companies, on pharmaceutical companies that are setting the prices. So they're trying to set these lower prices while not taking the biggest step that would make those hard limits on prices. Yeah, um, which in their approach, even from their own words, yeah. the campaign is to to create
1: more generics, not to regulate sure, the industry sure. as it stands, um, which I think. That type of rhetoric of regulating the industry as it stands is something like a Bernie. I think he. Oh, he's he's still gone. No, he's um, yeah, he's. But I think that's something his campaign talked much more about, is a much yeah. more like government mandated lowering of drug prices, where Trump has kind of tried to.
0: to well, and do even it um, the back even door. by even former Vice President Biden has talked yeah. about lowering drug prices they can agree that it's important to lower drug prices but the the way in which they want to do that is different so so we talked about trump there i'll shift to biden for a second Mm -hmm. um biden has talked about uh opening the door to allowing americans to be able to actually legally acquire drugs from other countries so countries like canada which do have far lower drug prices right now it's not technically uh, an option for American citizens even living right on the border to access those drugs from Canada right now. Um, so allowing a bit more leeway there and then also imposing some sort of regulations on the pharmaceutical companies where they would have to negotiate, um, especially with uh, members who are part of the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, let's talk about that now. So so let's talk about Biden's plan for Obamacare, for the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Um, he was vice president when it was passed. It, it was one of the big, um, legislati- legislative accomplishments of the Obama administration yeah. uh, in his first term. Um, Biden actually got a lot of heat in the primary. I don't know if you remember um, because he did not support Medicare for all. And yeah. he doesn't. He still doesn't he support still does Medicare not, yeah. for all. Um, which would replace private health insurance all with a national single-payer plan. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, uh, Biden kind of has this middle ground option. He, he wants to transition ACA he wants to expand it first and then he also wants to transition it into what's called a public option which is actually something Obama wanted to do uh, when he was first trying to pass this and it didn't end up happening Mm -hmm. now a public option would be um, an alternative which would mean that any American citizen could uh, have their health insurance under the Affordable Care Act they could have you know national government funded health insurance but it wouldn't replace uh, private health insurance. It would yeah. be an option.
1: And this was one of the big, I think we might have mentioned this in the episode on the primaries, but it was one of the big dividing lines between was, Democrats in the primaries. Is you have a, like someone like Warren or Sanders who mm-hmm. are, it's a more all-inclusive and it's, everyone is now under state-regulated yeah. health uh, care and health insurance. Um, and even like Mayor Pete Buttigieg was on, it's similar to Biden where they yeah. want to give people the option to either have a government plan or to of keep, choice. Their, yeah. keep their private
0: well, and the goal for that as well, I think, is, is to allow a level of competitiveness on the insurance market, on the health yeah. insurance market, which means, okay, well, we have these private insurance companies that are competing with each other to a degree, yeah. but kind of have their own spheres of influence, mm-hmm. you know, regionally and uh, categorically. Um, but then they also now, they have to compete with this national health insurance, the Affordable Care Act, which means that they're going to try and focus more on their you know, customers, which is a weird way to say people who need health insurance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the goal is to try and you know, provide more freedom of choice there, allow more Americans to opt into something um, that could be helpful for them, but also if they want to keep their private health insurance. Uh, if that's been uh, successful, if that's a good plan for for them individually, they're still yeah. able to do that. Yeah,
1: which Biden has been actually really clear about all the way through. So oh far, yeah, saying yeah. that it's he quite wants people to have the option. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, additionally, talking about Medicare, uh, Biden's actually called to lower the eligibility age of Medicare. So currently, uh, you only qualify for Medicare if you are sixty-five years or older. Um, he's called to lower that down to sixty, which would I think immediately add. Om- uh almost 20 million Americans to this eligibility um he's really called for an expansion of this program basically yeah. uh so that, so that's quite in contrast with the Trump administration who have, who have tried to cut it who have tried to add restrictions onto it um the Biden and administ- uh, the Biden campaign is trying to open that up a little bit more
1: yeah, yeah. so anything else covid related that you wanted
0: to bring up yeah i think it's important um both now, there, there was a little bit of discrepancy a couple months ago, but both the Trump administration and the Biden campaign have talked about the importance of wearing masks, the importance of social distancing, yeah. that kind of thing, all these health related options that we all can take. Um, the difference is that uh, the Trump administration and the president have uh, repeatedly said that they have, you know, faith in the American people. I think Pence even said that maybe ten or twenty thousand times. <laughs> if I had a dollar for TV every debate. time he said it, the <laughs>
1: American people,
0: oh my gosh, I'd be rich. Oh man, um, and, and they're not going to impose any sort of, you know, mandates. These calls for a mask mandate um biden has been very clear that he will absolutely do something like that if this is still a pressing issue when he becomes president if he's elected which it might it probably will be after the election uh looking at the trajectory um so uh under biden as president you would probably see a lot more um national mandates calling for everyone to wear a mask uh he's called that as soon as a a effective vaccine is available that it's given to every american for free he recognizes that this is a pretty serious health care issue that needs to be dealt with as quickly as possible um, and this is a circumstance that um, the federal government should be able to step in because this is the role of the federal government is to protect americans right um, so that's kind of their two different stances on yeah. and on even COVID. just some of the rhetoric pieces around that you know yeah.
1: uh trump and pence have worn masks many times publicly but they also sure. have not um, and a lot of times when they're questioned about that they've cited you know that they get tested almost every day um, and that you know they want people to see their faces or whatever and even Trump criticized Biden in um, the debate about the fact that he wears a large mask and that he's you know doing all that and so um, yeah there is even some rhetoric and obviously that's been a big contentious thing in America a divide among the American people about yeah. is is mask wearing constitutional that kind of thing so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think in general it, it's clear that Biden has a more, um, a more federal government regulated plan yeah. where Trump is, you know, wanting more, um,
0: yeah, independent decision-making of you can wear a mask, you I, don't have to. I, mean, putting some of my own opinions in there, I think if there's going to be any time where the federal government steps in and makes these big decisions, it should be in, you know, national crises, yeah. right? In, in the case of, of, of a war, of an attack. Um, or of a national or even global pandemic, yeah. right? Which
1: it's worth mentioning that uh, the Trump administration has done actually pretty on paper socialized or progressive things in, yeah. in response to, I mean, a stimulus check is a very, I mean, someone like Andrew Yang wants one of those for Americans every month, UBI. right? yeah. A u- uh-huh. universal basic income. Um, but we've seen the Trump administration do kind of socialism light in response to the pandemic. <laughs> and so it is yeah. interesting that Still, he's running on a conservative platform, and many of his policies are conservative in approach. But also, I think because of the pandemic response, both sides are kind of having more of a federal government intervention, Um,
0: especially Biden has more federal government intervention in place. But anyways, it's an interesting contrast. It is. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, and, and we haven't even talked about, you know, the economy Uh, how they want to reintegrate that Um, now both I want to be very clear that both of them have have really expressed a firm desire to reopen the economy right to allow people to get back to work to have these businesses back we saw a massive increase in unemployment when the shutdown first hit um, and now it's it's started to return to normal levels but we're still not there Um, this is actually we're on pace to be the first four-year stint um, since I think maybe the fifties where we've lost more jobs in those four years than we've gained. And that's almost entirely because of the pandemic. Um, it's, it's definitely a pressing issue. Um, and now Trump has, uh, argued still, um, and, and has pushed very hard to open, um, regardless of increased infection rates and arguing that it's far more important that we have, um, an open economy, that businesses are allowed to operate as normal Mm -hmm. and they can take their own precautions with whatever they deem fit. Um, and we've seen this be the case in a number of states um we've seen you know increased openings um, which has actually ended up in in a relatively higher infection rate for a lot of these states Um, which has been a little frustrating uh he's also i mean he has poured as you were talking about the the administration has poured trillions of dollars Mm -hmm. into the economy um, a lot of it, almost all of it, was in one-time aid, so the checks to individuals, um, these, these uh, financial support programs to small businesses and to large industries, um, they've been pouring billions and billions of federal dollars um, into the, the economy, trying to stabilize it, trying to keep it up. Uh, he's been focusing a lot on the stock market, trying to ignore maybe some other things that aren't doing so well economically. Um, advocating as well for a payroll tax cut he, he believes that that could stimulate the economy um, that would result in more americans paying fewer taxes um, there's also a question though if we're going to continue pouring trillions of dollars in business support um, and also cut taxes at the same time how is that going to balance out right yeah. is that not only going to you know that's going to result in an exponential increase in the federal deficit but yeah. um so yeah i mean he's, he's really argued that you need to reopen Right. That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing right that's now. Is we just need to reopen need in general. Reopen. Yeah. Um, Biden agrees to a certain extent. Um, it's very clear that he wants to reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, he is called to open, uh, in line with testing increases. So, so the more we can test, the more we can open. The more we can see that people are testing negative, the more open we can be and the safer we can be. Um, he also wants to work specifically with states, um, to allow for some sort of transition state by state, which is actually. Um not really a, a federal thing, which is yeah, that's a fascinating difference there. Um he's also called repeatedly to open only in line with scientific recommendations. So to not open and then wait for, you know, uh numbers to go down, but to wait for the numbers to go down and then open fully. Yeah. Um, Actually
1: let me read a couple of things. This is directly yeah, off please. of Joe Biden's website. Absolutely. Um here's what he's uh here's his plan for uh economic recovery from the pandemic. Uh, his website says he will provide further immediate relief to working families, small businesses, and communities. His plan is to provide state, local, and tribal governments with the aid they need um, so educators, firefighters, and other essential workers aren't being laid off, and to extend COVID crisis unemployment insurance to help those who are out of work and to provide um, mm. a comeback package for Main Street businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, and he's also wanting to create more jobs for people, create jobs for people helping to fight the pandemic. Yes. Um, so yeah. kind of public health job um is kind of his approach so those are a few things yeah
0: i mean he's he's called to also spend trillions on new jobs on on lowering the unemployment rate which again is something that the trump administration is already doing so this wouldn't actually there wouldn't be a massive change in spending increases you know just to send a mask to every person for example Um, he wants specifically to um, build up uh, these industries into a much stronger position than they were before the pandemic um, looking at the clean, indus- the clean energy industry, yeah. uh, manufacturing industries, he really thinks that we need to emphasize those roles. Um, he also wants the national government to help more uh, with state unemployment benefits. Right now there's a level of federal aid that goes to states for unemployment benefits, but especially during the pandemic um, when we see millions more on Americans unemployed than ever before. Um, uh, the Biden campaign is arguing that, you know, the federal government should also help out to, a to a certain degree there. Yeah.